All right. What is up, everybody? I am here with Ian Miller. I'm your host, Olin Stewart, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. And this is the first official episode of MMA Anomaly No Filter. So let's I'll go. let Ian Miller go ahead and introduce himself. Let's go. How's it going? It's Ian. Uh, yeah, I'm 135-pounder and uh, happy to be here. The future of the Bantamweight division. You're damn fucking right. Let's go. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So first and foremost, thank you for joining me and being on the first episode of this uh, portion of the show, Ian. Um, me and Ian are, are definitely buddies. Go back. Um, I've, I've yeah, definitely do. tuned into probably all of his fights at this point. And uh, yeah, super excited to chat with you about past fights, upcoming fight, and uh, just kind of life in general and kind of what got you into the sport. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. So uh, we'll go ahead and start off with the kind of broad and basic questions. So first and foremost, who is your favorite martial artist of all time? Oh, that's George St. Pierre. I literally have a tattoo from him. So, uh, you know, I, I, we very we have very similar upcomings where, you know, it's not like we grew up in the gutter or something like where some of these guys, they came from absolutely nothing. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I never had to worry about missing a meal or anything like that, just like him. Um, the reason I got into martial arts was from bullying just like him. Uh, so, you know, he uh, he was truly an inspiration and still is to this day. Like, every time I see Raymond Daniels, I beg him. I'm like, please bring George. Like, I need to meet this man just to thank him for all he's done for me, even though I've never met him. Uh, I absolutely so that, love that. That'd be him. I think that's a fantastic choice. Um, I mean... If you ask like a hundred, a room of a hundred mixed martial arts fans who their top five are, I, I think at least 90 to 95% of them would have GSP in that top five list. Another five are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the other five are wrong. <laughs> Absolutely right. The other five are definitely wrong. Um, okay. So George St. Pierre got you into it. Um, or rather he's your favorite fighter of all time. Yeah. Is he the first fighter that, that really drew you into the sport? No, actually. So I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with my buddy, Jared. Let's go. I love um, a good Buffalo story. So, yeah, and we weren't even there to watch fights. We were just there to eat. Like, um, you know, I, I was a chubby kid, so I loved to, I still love to eat to this day. But, uh, you know, we I were there. Relate. Exactly. And, you know, what, what's better than B-dubs for, a high, or for like a middle school, high school kid, you know, kind of era. But I, I looked up at the TV and I was like, what, what's this? And my buddy's like, it's the UFC. You've never heard of it? And I was like, no, I have zero <laughs> clue what this is. Um, but the guy that stood out to me actually was uh, Rampage Jackson, um, you know, coming out howling and just the uh, amount of respect that he earned and, and um, commanded, I guess you could say. I was jealous because I kid that got bullied. I never got respect ever. Um, and that's just kind of how it was. And I was like, how do I be like that guy? Like people respect him, people want to be him, people love him. They're freaking losing their minds for him. Um, and you know, I was just like, that's the guy, kind of guy I want to be like when I grow up. Um, so I, I would say that would be that was the turning point. Uh, literally the next day, I mean, I played hockey my whole life, so uh, next day I quit and <laughs> uh, went out for the wrestling team because my buddy, that's what he told me I had to do. So um, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, um, when you're watching this video, make sure you comment below and let us know, is hockey the best base for MMA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I actually know a bunch of people that have that way as well. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot more like ex-hockey players in mixed martial arts, both amateur and professional, than we realize. <laughs> yeah, no, truly. Because uh, it's it's a very hard sport to make it in as a professional. Absolutely. Gluttons um, for punishment, too. Just, just like mixed like martial global. arts. It's more, it's, at the time it was more global than MMA was just for obvious reasons. Sure. Um, so, you know, you got guys from Russia, Croatia, Canada, especially, obviously, United States. I mean, it was just nonstop. So, um, you know, at, at some point I was like, you know, this fighting stuff looks way cooler. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's, it's funny that Rampage is actually the one that got you into MMA. My favorite Ultimate Fighter season was probably Rampage Jackson. Season nine. Rashad Evans. You know it. And Rashad Evans is actually the fighter that got me into MMA when he was. How? I think it was, I think it was season two of the Ultimate Fighter. I, uh, I, had, I had actually, so it, it's kind of a mix, right? Obviously, the season one finale of The Ultimate Fighter, I saw that, and, you know, there was this new feeling inside me I had never felt before, this feeling of bloodlust and excitement. And, uh, you know, I had to tune into the next season, and I, I saw Rashad on there, and he was obviously undersized compared to these other guys, just like you. I, I grew up in Louisiana. I was overweight. Yeah. I got bullied a lot. And uh, I saw this little, this smaller guy, whooping up on these other guys and not only was he like beating him like he was beating these bigger guys but he was talking trash while he was doing it and he was like he made it look so easy and smooth and i was like wow like if you look at him like yeah i mean he's ripped right but if you look at him compared to the guys he was beating in the house you wouldn't be like that guy's menacing <laughs> he was at 185 at the end of his career for a reason i mean exactly that small and he and that was a heavyweight season so i saw that and, and you know same thing i was like you know what Worst case scenario, if I stand up to these bullies tomorrow, I'm going to get my butt kicked. That's fine. They're probably already going to do that anyway. So I, I started getting bullied a lot less after that. Um, I got in a few more fights, but that's okay. <laughs> we won them. That's all that matters, right? You know what I'm saying? We're still here. Um, all right. So those are, those are really solid answers to start off. Let me ask you this. Favorite knockout of all time? You're not going to like this. Oh, God. Uh, I hate you already. <laughs> uh, when Connor knocked out Jose like that, I lost my okay. shit. All right, you know what? <clears throat> I thought you were gonna say uh, there. Uh, my mind was going to some other places, some darker places. Uh, that's okay. That's an okay answer. How because, much darker are we getting? <laughs> uh, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. Um, out of out of respect for those that fell, but uh, you know that knockout is actually really stunning, just because of all the videos that came out afterwards literally showing Connor standing backstage, practicing that same exact fluid motion, the back step, the quick left. Like it, it was just everything about it was almost predestined and, and like written in the stars, you know, and he even said it in an interview, like yeah. one side. Yes. Like, I, you know, you know me, I'm not a Connor McGregor fan. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You are a big Connor McGregor fan and that's okay. It comes with the territory of being Irish. You know, I'm I'm like 25% Irish too. I just I can't get behind his mouthpiece. You know, I love watching the guy fight. Every time he steps in the octagon, love him or hate him, I'm respecting what he's doing and I'm watching what he's doing. I'll admit that. It's it's the the talking and the, the trash talk. Don't love that. But I will say something that I think we can both agree on is I miss that guy. I miss the guy that starts Jose Aldo. I miss even the brashness. Connor. Yeah, karate kind of the wide stance, being able to pop back and forth. 
yeah, there was a difference in Connor when he actually utilized every inch of his reach advantage. There's a there's a famous quote. Um, I forgot. I think it was Mike Tyson, but you you probably know it better than me or who it was rather. But it's a uh, it's hard to wake up and work hard when you uh, woke up in silk sheets. I think that was marvelous, Marvin Hagler. Yep, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, I think that boxer. was Marvin. Yeah, um, yeah, that guy's incredible, incredible boxer. Uh, is that your favorite boxer? Now it is. Uh, okay. You ever? So if, I don't know if you have Showtime, uh, like a subscription or what, but there's I, I a docu-series that came out called The Kings, and it goes through okay. that era of him, Sugar, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, well, uh, Tommy Hearns, and uh, Roberto Duran. It's a four-part series, and it's it's amazing. And uh, it's where I fell in love with Marvelous himself uh, just because he was the guy that everyone counted out. He gave himself his own nickname because he wanted to be respected and he put in the work. He outworked all those guys, in my opinion. And that's what you have to do. That's exactly yeah. what you have to do. That's the same reason I, I really like Roy Jones Jr. as a boxer. Like I was always a Roy Jones Jr. fan. And same thing. Like I feel like he outworked the, the competition. And he, like you aren't born with really crazy, unorthodox striking. Like I, I remember watching, I forget which fight it was, but he threw like seven left hooks in a row. And like five yes, of them does. landed crisp. Nobody else, especially at that time, was doing anything like that. So you're not born with that kind of talent. And literally like listening to him in interviews and things like that, like on the Joe Rogan podcast, talking about how like he studied roosters and like their pecking order. And like, that's how he came up with some boxing maneuvers. I'm like, this guy is special. <laughs> he's crazy. He's, he's very special. And his work ethic is it's second to none. It's insane listening to that guy talk about work. Same same with Marvin Hagler. Like the guy put in so much work so that no matter what you did, you couldn't beat him. And even if you did, he probably wasn't going to feel bad about it because he knew he did everything in his power to prep for you. No, and like even goes back to going back to Connor, he even said to himself, there's no such thing as talent. No. So, you know, it, it, and it, some of the guys I've gotten to work with and whatnot, like uh you may think it is, but they they're just busting their ass every day, and it's it's impressive. Some guys have some natural ability. I mean, that that is what it is. Um, sure. They're just some more people are going to be naturally strong. Some people have yeah. like the you know the touch as they call it, right? Where you you have that knockout power, and a lot of times those people with knockout power they're very unsuspecting. Mm -hmm. They're it's not like the big strong guy that's jacked as hell. It's like the guy that literally looks like Sean O'Malley, that's if a weight a cl weight class or two under you. That just clips you and you're like he's in that guy's gloves because it's not there's a guy human at, uh, hand. I, there's a guy i train with at flyweight um massive flyweight though he's like 510 59 sure. sure um but he has that touch and he's creative as hell with the striking he actually just fought like i'm gonna say two weeks ago in combate and uh oh nice i mean he hit this dude with an uppercut and the guy looked like he'd been touched by god like oh, uh <laughs> stumbled back his name's carlos point uh Puente jr he's he's one of my favorite people to train with um just a great guy but um you know just he's he's got that shit. i don't know why i don't know how um but he hits you and you're like how did you do that so perfect and i don't I, and honestly i don't think it has to anything to do with power i think it's placement it's placement it's always placement it's placement and timing it's always those two things in my 
Mm -hmm. Like, 100%. if I'm standing upright and you catch me right on the right spot of the chin, it doesn't matter who you are, how much smaller than, than me you are, it's probably not going to feel great. And it might yep. make my knees go inward like a little six-year-old that's got to pee real bad, you know? <laughs> like, that's typically how it works. And it's the same thing with, like, wrestling. It's not like, I mean, unless your name is Khabib Nurmagomedov, it's nothing about strength, really. It's just like, oh, his technique is just that much better than mine. I feel mm -hmm. literally like I'm swimming with a shark and I'm a freaking guppy. This yep. isn't fair. Like there was like to what you said about a flyweight. Like, if I were to fight professionally, I would probably fight at lightweight or featherweight at the latest, right? Like when I was training heavily at AKA, I would walk around at like 165, 170. So I feel like 145, 155 would probably be a natural cut for me. A flyweight. Okay. All right. You're going Fuck to ban you. I'm not, I'm not, face. <laughs> that's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> I love food too much, bro. I grew up in the South. But this little flyweight, his name is uh, Antoine Hidrio. He's just like, I think he's French. And this guy would crush me on wrestling drills. And he's tiny. Like, he's not even a big guy. He's just tiny. Yeah. And I remember one day we were we were switching out, I think, every, like, probably like every two minutes we'd switch parts. Like a fresh body? Yeah, fresh body drills. And basically we were going, like, if you, if you, I think it was, um, you start on the bottom. If you get to the top in the two minutes that guy's out if you start on the top and you remain on the top for the two minutes you stay in right as the so, bottom yeah you start top at the bottom, bottom until gotcha. and basically until you get controlled for two minutes you're in this guy was in for 25 like 26 minutes they were swapping in heavyweights like a 240 pound guy started on top of him and he's all just like transition and sweeps and i'm like how do how are you doing this it doesn't make logical sense to anybody no. watching and like Not afterwards, like the my I I, uh, I went the last round with him. He didn't get eliminated. Like class ended. That's the only reason he like cut, got cut off at like 25, 26 minutes. And I like I literally suplexed him at one point to try and sweep. And he lands like in this weird like reverse position on his feet, spread backwards and like suspended north south. And I'm like I'm on top. And it was like a half second that I was on top. And he somehow hits the switch and ends up on top of me. And I was just like. Again, doesn't make any fucking sense how you did that to me. It doesn't make no. any sense. And he he like and like he's the nicest guy. And I'm sure you've had this situation where like the people that mess you up the worst are the nicest people in the world. So you can't even be bitter. Like right after that, he's all, hey, great job. You were really close that last time, my friend. You want to work a, an extra couple of minutes? I can show you some technique. And I'm like, that'd be great, Antoine. Thank you. Like <laughs> if, someone, if someone used a French accent like that on me, it's we're fucking fighting. <laughs> <laughs> dude, this guy was like the most unsuspecting little dude. He's like, he's so friendly. But like, I, I remember I stayed and I worked with him for probably like five, 10 minutes after class. We just like went in the corner of the big red room at AK. And he's like, he taught me a valuable lesson in wrestling, jujitsu, basically everything martial arts related. Most things life related that day. He's like, you are overthinking everything you do. So when you come at me, when you try to do something to me, Look at what I'm doing first. If I'm planting on my on my hands, take one of them from me. One of them. Don't focus on both of them. You take my wrist. Once you take my wrist, then you focus where my weight shifts. Then you take that from me. You take and you take and you take one thing at a time until I have nothing left. And then you're in control. And then I'm worried about taking from you. And like, th those words resonated with me and like... It, Again, like I had been training for years at that point, and I was like, 
It's like when you watch a martial arts movie and the coach is like, breathe through every strike. And you're like, that's like that's the advice. Like that's that's it. That's like that's that's the big inspirational speech. The guy's like, take one thing at a time. And I'm like, that's it. But then every day after that, I felt so much better at it. My uh my jiu-jitsu coach Matt Salinas at uh, 10th Planet Mission Viejo, he has a very actually it like he doesn't believe in he doesn't believe in moves per se, right? It's okay. It's a it's more it's more of a flow, um, more concept. Okay. So one of his famous quotes he gives us is think of your body as a as a table, right? Four okay. posts. You take one post away, what's going to happen to that table? That table loses balance significantly. Exactly. Structural integrity is already compromised. Exactly. Easy as that. That's a concept. They could be used in many many different positions. And yeah. And, and I mean, so. same thing. Like if you're talking about uh, a two post thing, that's like leaning, right? Even if it's like a standing opponent, you take one away. What's going to happen? They're going to fall. They better have really good balance on one leg somehow. <laughs> that's usually not the case. So not many love people that. can do that. So, okay. That yeah. leads me to my next question. What is the best, the single, like single most best piece of mixed martial arts advice or knowledge you've been given? Um, so earlier on, um, I was having issues with nerves and stuff like that before fights. And, uh, the one guy I thought that, you know, how to put it this way, the one guy I thought wouldn't give me a good piece of advice did, um, okay. and he fights coming up soon. His name's TJ Dillashaw. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Little, I mean, you might've heard of him if you like, yeah. little known guy. So he was telling me right before his fight against Mike uh Mike Jackson Mike David what was the guy's name um hold up here uh Mike Easton sorry Mike Easton okay which was like the beginning the turn of the guard for him basically um and he said Justin Buckles looked back at him and said uh why are you so nervous don't you like this like you chose to be here oh that's raw and, <laughs> and he said listen like look out there and listen and he did and he, he heard roaring people like chanting for him he's like they're here for you like uh you know have fun and he, he's that, like that kind of resonated and uh, like you know going on within that issue i mean um someone that's like really mentored me and helped me with that kind of situation is, is cup swanson i mean um you know i i don't think he gets enough credit for being as big of a legend as he is um like sure he's a fantastic fighter legend right but what he's doing off the mat and outside the cage no one knows about and like he desert like people need need to know because you know he's, he's his murder but behind the scenes he's a sweetheart like he put he takes all of us under his wing and make sure that we're all going in the right direction and that um that we know what we need to be doing like you know, like he knows how to motivate each and every one of us with our own psychological ways. Like, uh, for example, like I wasn't being aggressive enough in general with my striking. I was being will willing, to, like too willing to stay on the outside and just not fucking meet force to force. And sometimes you just got to do that. And he's like, how come you're letting us bully you? Like, why are you so soft? And he knows that I have that like that. Like it's a trigger. That Kobe Bryant slash like Michael, 
Michael Jordan kind of mindset where I'm like, click, and then I just I lost it. Like, Turn it on, uh, yeah, yeah. I turned it on, and I don't know. He just those are the those are the guys that like really resonate with me, um, based upon that kind of stuff. I know I got way off of the questions. I'm no, sorry. no, no. Okay. You're good. That that's what I want. I want honesty. You know. Um. So let's let's talk about that a little bit deeper. So they were saying basically you were you were kind of holding back, caring too much, caring too much, right? You didn't want to hurt people. You didn't want to inflict that damage. No, no, um, no, no. I care too much about losing. Okay. All right. Rather so you care too much about So you didn't want to just go into the fire and, and kind of be haphazard and yeah. really take on the damage. Okay. That that makes sense. Um, let me ask you, because I know you have more of a wrestling background, obviously, right? Actually, no. <laughs> so many, most people don't know this. Because uh, I know you said you started in wrestling, right? No. So I started at seven years old, I think, in Taekwondo. Oh, okay. Uh, my, dad, my dad put me in and he did it as well. He put, he did it as well. Um, nice. and then we both got our black belts. Um, and I think he, he's a third degree black belt. I'm only a first, um, just cause that, I think I was 12 or 13 when I got my black belt and I just kind of was like, where do I go from here? I didn't see a vision. And, um, so I, I just stopped and I kept playing hockey and he kept going, um, going on eventually, obviously he was saying, so how many years did you do uh Taekwondo? seven years maybe a little okay, bit so less you, you did it till you were like 13 14 yeah like six six to 13 probably okay. six to 14 maybe i mean that's that's uh, a solid base yeah and then i kind of i just stopped and you know my leg dexterity is from taekwondo sure um but like you said my base i would say is wrestling just based off the fact that i just kept doing that um so i started as a sophomore in high school uh and I got in, I got lucky as hell, actually, to be honest with you, because I knew that I had a lot of ground to catch up because um, I grew up in the mid I grew up in Chicago. So um, the Midwest is no joke when it comes to wrestling. And these kids had been doing it since they were like eight. And I started wow. as a sophomore. These kids in the Midwest, they start doing it like when they come out of the womb, they come out in a singlet. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's different. It's not like, you know, by the age West three, part. they've got the tattoo, you know, the yeah, the <laughs> USA wrestling. We actually have a joke about that. It's that uh, there's only two types of people that get that people that are Olympics, like Olympic guys like Jordan Burroughs or, you know, and people that are not good insert and people that just suck. Yeah. So yeah, you get it if you're literally the, the best or if you're like at the bottom tier, you don't get it if you're yeah. like, yeah, I did it. I'm pretty good at That's it. That's why I never got it. I was never <laughs> one of those guys that, you know, I was never going to state or anything like that. You're like, that. I'm not top tier and I'm not, I'm not like bottom of the barrel enough to be like, yeah, yeah, I used to do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, those, th those guys are just, they crack me up. But either way, uh, I got in as a sophomore and I, I knew I had a lot of ground to, to catch up to all these other kids. So I started going to club wrestling and I got lucky. Um, I got in with the, uh, my assistant coach, whose name's Andrew Gildy who I owe a, um, honestly, I owe so much to. He was one of the first coaches like to truly, truly believe in me and just push me because he knew that I had the work ethic to put in rather than some of these other kids who just were there to show up. Um, I was there to win, and I didn't give a shit what else. And uh, he took me under his win and brought me. He was he was a, a club coach at this. It's a famous um, club called Izzy Style. Oh, um, is he style wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He he worked with I believe John Jones on all those team. people. Or no, sorry, John Jones team on uh, the Ultimate Fighter. That's where I learned. Yeah. So he, I mean, 
he's a staple in, in the Midwest. Um, but my coach like used to live, I believe used to live with him and so on and so forth, you know, basically grew up and learning to coach from him and stuff like that. Uh, from what I believe, uh, and then he started his own club and then we all joined in and I was just gung ho from, from then on and every day I was showing up early. I was showing up the, uh, to my school at like 5 AM just to run just to, cause I needed it. I knew that someone was out there waking up that early and working out. Oh yeah. Someone was I, waking I, up earlier than you and that upsets you. Yeah. It pissed me off. <laughs> like I took, I took that shit personal to be honest. Absolutely, man. You um, have to. It's the only way you get better. Yeah, so I guess that that's where my background comes from, and then taekwondo wrestling kind of hybrid background. But if you exactly. if somebody if if I put a gun up to your head and said what's your base, you'd say wrestling. Probably I'd say that, and then having the pleasure to train with Dwayne Ludwig, um, I think that brought a different view when it comes to striking for me to the Dutch. Which I like. I I love taekwondo. I love karate. I love boxing. Like I love all styles of of martial arts. Specifically, like I'm I'm a striker. I'm a striker, right? So I love striking. I, I appreciate wrestling. I'm just no exactly. Good at it. Um, uh, so like, if, if you and me got on the mats and, and we were like grappling included, I'd have a really really tough time. Um, if it's just striking, I'd probably have a really tough time because it's been a while. But I'd at least have somewhat of a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and, and all honestly, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a controversial statement. Then I think the best striking base is one of two things. It's uh, Dutch kickboxing okay. slash Muay Thai. I guess you can kind of mm -hmm. intertwine them. It's just a little different. To me, those Japanese kickboxers are something special because they actually add boxing into it, which is a lot yeah. of deficiency in a lot of these kickboxers. Well, if you, they don't if really you throw watch hands. some of the Thai guys from Thailand, like legit Muay Thai, Thai boxers, some of those guys put the word boxer in Thai boxer, bro. Like they've got mm -hmm. hands and like... I think the biggest thing that's missing in like traditional Muay Thai fighting, and this is going to be a controversial statement, um, it's footwork to an extent. Like, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, Muay Thai fighters, I, Muay Thai is my favorite, my favorite style of martial arts. I would say it's what I'm most proficient in. Trained at AKA for like five, six years. I did like one uh, seminar with Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Like, he was supposed to be there for two hours. He ended up uh, his flight got delayed, so he's like, "You guys want to stay for another hour?" So it was a three-hour thing. Um, it was fantastic. But it's not really a lack of footwork because I think all of these guys, and myself included, like Thai fighters, they know footwork. But when you're fighting in the Thai style, you don't get to see footwork happen as often because when you circle out with footwork, you're typically going to catch a calf kick mm -hmm. or uh, or like the, the crowbar style, like Thai sweep. And that is yeah. not fun when you're circling into it. I've no. been there. I've done that. It doesn't feel good to have your head bounce off the mat and they didn't even hit your head. Nope. Like, it's, it's not a good feeling you just it's literally like inertia it's like tripping going into a grocery store because literally like, you don't feel it coming you just you hit the ground you're like what the fuck just happened 100 I mean, so i feel that every time i spar at classic uh classic <laughs> fight team imagine. tyler wombles and all those guys and there's a, there's these brothers that <laughs> the, i don't know like they've been training since they were i'm gonna say six years old they're in their 20s now. They're the Pias brothers. Uh, actually, two of them have title fights coming up. Um, they're I think they're both undefeated. Yeah. Uh, what promotion? Uh, it's it's Muay Thai. Let me actually look it up. Before oh, it's a Muay Thai promotion. Up. Okay. Yeah, it's in California. They're they're, nice. they're Thai fighters. Nice. Um, so, yeah, but they're I mean, like 
it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Diego, he's 10-0 as an Ami, 6-2-2 as a pro, five-time champion. There you go, dude. That's, I mean, those stats alone, that's like, when you that's read that, and you're like, this is the guy I'm sparring? Um, okay. And the they're guy. fighting on World <laughs> Championship Muay Thai, Bad Intentions, Burbank, November 12th. Nice. So, so you spar yeah. those guys? Every now and then, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're something special. Like, uh, sure. like their technique is just like so crisp it it like is ridiculous isn't it isn't it crazy when you see somebody that has like i don't want to say perfectly sound but just about perfectly sound technique because like like i had a i had a couple friends actually come over this weekend and both of them are into mixed martial arts but neither mm -hmm. have trained and so i brought out like I, have, I still have my kick shield out right now like i brought out the kick shield i was teaching them some moves and like they were throwing them and they're like like i wrapped their hands for them and everything and they're like dude this is like feel like super strong have my hands wrapped like is this what it always feels like and i'm like yeah and like by the end of like training and like training but just teaching them a handful of moves for like an hour hour and a half they were like no wonder you do this and you love this like this is insane i haven't felt mm -hmm. like i've learned this much in an hour hour and a half time span probably ever and like and i was like yeah and it's applicable stuff like god forbid some douchebags don't shit with you like i looked at i looked at one of them and i'm like dude you got a nasty hook like dude got a nasty kick like you know what i mean like now you know that you didn't know that before. it's the bug the you bug what i mean man. and that's like, it and that's the thing is like i feel like everybody every single person can do mixed martial arts and a lot of people have these like crazy proficiencies but like when again going back to like the original topic here when somebody that's untrained sees somebody in person no matter how many times they've seen the ufc like i'm nowhere near ufc caliber openly admit that like, it's no surprise, right? I'm wearing the UFC shirt. I'm not in the cage. <laughs> so, but when they see me doing these moves, they're like, dude, you're like a fucking machine. Like, you look mechanical. It's scary how fast the, these movements come out of you. And I'm like, the guy, like me six years ago when I was like training, training, I'd kill the dude I am today. Yeah. I feel like I'm like a, a machine that needs a lot of oil, you know? <laughs> drillers make killers. But still, like, drillers make killers. So like, comes back and like if you've trained in these things it's crazy so like for you you have six seven years of taekwondo you've got years of wrestling at this point both you know like at the at the school level and at the you know amateur semi-professional level so i guess like for you having such an arsenal to kind of fall back on how do you how do you come up with your game plan is that something that you do or is that something that you really just kind of leave in the hands of your coaching staff or, or kind of like yeah. what's the thought process behind that? It, it's a give take, you know, like everyone kind of comes up with their own ideas and kind of puts it all together. Um, I just send out the film to everybody and we kind of like, okay, like, you know, um, this is what we got to watch out for. Got to work on um, based upon their strengths. And then uh, Aiden Ingram and I, he's a teammate of mine uh, he's like my right hand man, honestly. And, uh, you know, we just kind of come up from there with like, all right, this would work on that. This would work when he does this just cause we're both psychotic. And like <laughs> when we're together, all we do is we watch film or we're training. Like he lived with me for about eight, eight nine months. Um, and I don't think I watched other than <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic, when we watched Tiger King, uh, <laughs> we all remember than, that. Yeah, I mean, it was an addiction for everybody, but uh, I don't think we watched TV or, or anything other than fights for eight months straight. And that's just the kind of thing like thing we do. We just breed that out of each other where it's like, 
I, you know, you know, I work in sales and what I'll be on the phone off of the phone. We're watching film, writing down notes, being like, oh, we should try this today. Oh, we should do this. And I think that's what makes better fighters is people that actually give a shit about their own um, their own progression and things that they want to do. Like, uh, once again, going back to my jiu-jitsu coach, he says, there's, you know, the main thing we learned, but you have your side projects and you should still be working those. Um, Absolutely. So I, I just think, you know, uh, if you see something you like it, try it. What's the worst thing you're going to do? Get punched in the face? Oh, shit, we already are. You're in a fist fight. It's <laughs> probably bound to happen, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, just things like that just crack me up. But I think that's what makes a better fighter and with game plans, at least. Um, like, for example, I've been, you know, uh, I fought a southpaw once. So I watched uh, a lot of, um, you know, orthodox versus southpaw or southpaw versus southpaw stuff. Trying to figure out um, what works, what's different. Yeah, because combos kind of are different. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, a great example of someone who is a orthodox fighter um fighting against a southpaw fighter and per performed it to per you know perfection alexander volkanovsky when he fought ortega absolutely perfect absolutely perfect perfect example and and i mean like you can watch that fight and you can see a number of things right like he's going against somebody that's proficient in brazilian jiu-jitsu and and submissions right the you'd figure and again this is just my take right like if i'm going against somebody that i know the biggest threat is going to come from them being on top or underneath me right I, I'm probably not going to throw a ton of kicks just at the risk of them being able to get an easy take. Hit him with so many kicks, but he, the well, way that he set, he set them set up, up, the way that he set them up was brilliant. He set it up so well every single time. He pumped you're out familiar with jab. Jack Slack. Who's that? Jack Slack, the YouTube guy. Oh, he's no. Like a YouTube. So he's this famous like YouTube MMA analyst. Oh, okay. A little different from you in the sense that he. He does a podcast, but his whole thing's about breaking things down. He's this British yeah. dude. I believe kind of like how Dan Hardy does. Exactly, exactly the same way, but he has a Patreon and he does breakdowns of fights oh, nice. and fighters. Well, he has one of Volk, and it's so detailed. It's insane, and I, I use it to this day. I love that. The guys, I the guy never that. fought. The guy's never fought, but he breaks these down just like you. He breaks. So that's down that's originally what perfectly. my plan was going to be. Like I wanted to break down fights like that. But like the first couple of videos I tried to upload, I just like I, I tried editing them like ten times because he doesn't do videos though. Okay, I, I always like all, I want to uh... do the backdrop videos because I feel like I don't want to say casual fans, but casual fans and like casual enjoyers of MMA that end up tuning in, they're like, well, what is it? What's a spinning back wheel kick? What does that look like? Exactly. <laughs> so like 100%. if I have a video, it's like they can see it and they're like, oh yeah, I mean that is a pretty risky move, but he did set it exactly. up with the jab really nicely. So the um, way he does it, it's all text, and then there's uh, gifts uh, of the move. Okay. And it's all on Patreon. Uh, another guy, love Luke it. Thomas, did a break. Luke Thomas is fight. fantastic. I love Luke Thomas. It's an hour and a half. Yeah, some of his videos, I, I'll say, are a bit long. Um, it, but it deservedly so. But it, I was going to say, but deservedly so, if you're talking about somebody like Alexander Volkanovsky, because he has, I mean, just talking about the way that he set up the leg kicks and body kicks in that fight alone, the nuances and the way that he knew to set things up. Like, even just getting out of that submission, you, you can make an, a 30-minute video out of that. <laughs> Honestly. They, they kind of made a joke video. I don't know if you saw that with yeah. Craig Jones. Where he's yes. like, we're going to learn how to breathe out of our buttholes. <laughs> Craig Jones is a riot, dude. I love that. Oh, guy. he's the man. Um, all right, so 
yeah, I, I feel like there's so much you can learn from like that fight alone. And, and just going back mm-hmm. to your topic before, when you're sitting there watching fight and watching tape all day, all you're going to do is learn. And mm-hmm. even if you watch a really bad fight, you're going to learn from it. Things not to do, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, either way, there's always a lesson to be learned from a fight that's already happened. But some people don't watch film. Like, per, that blows example, my mind. Going back, TJ does not watch fights. That blows my mind. I've heard him say that in interviews. He's like, yeah, I don't watch yeah. film. I let, I let my, yeah. my coaches do that. He does not watch fights. That's so like, crazy to me. He's like, I don't enjoy it. Like, I like watching the Raiders, though. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's just like different strokes for different folks. But you see he's doing it at the highest level. And he's, he's killing it. So, I mean, great. Exactly. Um, all right. So, next question for you. You have a fight coming up. When is the exact yeah, date of your fight? The day before Thanksgiving, which is the 23rd of... Oh, that's a uh, tough That's a tough weight cut. But you know what? The spoils of war will be great. It's the 23rd. I was right. Somehow. Beautiful. So the 23rd <laughs> of November. Of November. So that's fantastic. Um, and you're fighting a kid named Valentino Ortiz, correct? Correct. Yeah. So uh, what what's the style on Valentino? He looks to seem like more of a grappler. Uh, he doesn't look to seem too uh confident in the feet but it's been a while since his last fight and uh you know I, honestly i'm not really too worried about him i'm more, like more worried about myself bettering myself and um just coming in the best version of myself i love that to be absolutely love that um i know i've as, again i've watched all of your fights previously i know you've had some setbacks recently um i'm a firm believer that you know the slingshot has to pull, be pulled all the way back before it can be launched as furthest forward right so the mm-hmm. the get up is always better than the setback so yeah. for you in that matter what have you been doing differently this training camp to like you said better yourself for this fight i've been a bit more structured in regards to my practices and um just where i'm putting my energy in um I'm working with uh, a guy who's actually, he was a UFC veteran uh, from the 125 division. Alp, we call him. Uh, he fought okay. John Lineker, actually, in the UFC. Oh, uh, what's his actual name? I, hold up, he's Turkish, so I have to... I have to oh, okay, it's, it's one of those hard-to-pronounce names. His his full name is Alp Tekken Oskilik. Oskilik, that's a cool name. And, no, he's he's awesome. Uh, I've, I've, it's honestly amazing that like the chance I've gotten to work with him and, um, you know, working with the guys out of classic Tyler Wombles and those guys at 10th planet, you know, uh, mission Viejo, all those guys like Matt and, you know, I'm just surrounded by, um, greatness to be honest. And, you know, like Matt, you know, lucky enough that he's helping me with my fight. He's coaching in the UFC title fights in. Uh, he coaches Carlos Barza. So, oh, nice. I love so that. So, like, you know, the fact that I get to work with these guys and they actually care and give me and en- give energy towards me and, you know, time. Uh, I'm just lucky, to be honest, to be surrounded by these people. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just happy. And this is the first time I've been happy in a long time. Uh, so, you know, I, that's the thing, like you were saying, like to pull the slingshot back. Um, I had to take a step back and just kind of look at where I'm at. And, you know, I had all these goals when, when I was like 16, 15, like, sure. Like if I did my route a little bit differently, but why think about that? 
um, that's the, not going to change thing the thing is, you, you come up with goals, especially like when you're younger like that, to push yourself, to catapult yourself forward. Mm -hmm. If you don't land right where you set those goals, that's 100% fine. The fact that you keep working towards those goals or you set new obtainable goals to work towards now, that's what's important. Exactly. Right? It's the same thing with like any kind of loss in life, right? In, in my gym, and I'm sure it's the same exact quote that they use in your gym. I'm sure it's a common MMA gym <laughs> quote. But there's no such thing as losing if you're doing this whole thing right, right? There's mm -hmm. winning and there's learning. And you've done it. You've had a couple learning lessons. And right now yeah. you're going to bounce the hell back and you're going to crush somebody for it. No, I, I really am happy about it. And some people I, that, that I do have to think about it because I used to always think about my weight cut, stuff like that. I actually am lucky enough to work with um, the same, uh, the fight dietitians they're called. Yeah. And they work with, you know, Volkanovsky, Israel Adesanya. Like they're in Vegas right now working with Jordan, right? Dude, I love um, it. Shout them out. So I, I just am really thankful for them and uh, what they've, you know, done to me and helped my body because while, you know, I am an average size 135er, you know, um, I like to do things correct and I don't like to miss anything. So those guys have that shit down to science. So, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful for them. And that's a, that's a very important part. My sponsors at Taste Me Nutrition. Shout out to them for making the meals uh, and also my girlfriend for making my snacks um, and some of my meals as well. So I, I appreciate it. Love it. Love it. You got to shout out the sponsors, man. And um, this is this is going to be one of the last questions, not quite the last one. Without, you know, spoiling too much, what is your what is your game plan going into this? Do you have kind of a, a strict game plan or? Let's just say uh, he's going to remember me after this one. <laughs> uh, the day after at least I love it he's, he's going to feel it. it Um, do you and the next question is do you have any tape on him that you can send me I tried looking the kid up and there's uh, I got you there's it, more uh, Valentino Ortiz's than you might think definitely. I know trust me uh, <laughs> I found, at first I was like promotion. this has got to be him and then uh, I found two more and I'm like it's like a Walter Wade huh no so two of the two of the ones that I found were actually in your weight class oh that's weird Two out of the three. So I, I thought I found him because I, I found the welterweight guy first. He was either a welterweight or a, um, or a featherweight. And I was like, this can't be the guy. This guy's hella big. And then, um, and then I found another guy. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is the guy. Um, and I watched the full fight. And then right after I watched the fight, I look at the picture that you posted. And I'm like, I don't think this is the guy. Yeah, no. They, they basically they posted the video as a whole event. Okay. Rather than breaking it into individual fights. Yeah, yeah. If you send me, if you just send me the, I got uh, you. the whole event, I'll find it. Yeah, send me after this because I'm trying to yeah. watch later. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you're in a really, really good mental space, and I'll be the first to tell you, having trained myself, uh, like I haven't fought professionally, fought in one tournament, did a lot of fun days at sparring, and when you show up to sparring and your head's not there, if you're going against somebody that's not as good as you, they're probably going to be better than you that day. Hundred percent. Head is not there. It is a 90% game, like 90% mental, 10% physical. 100%. Granted, like if, if you're not doing the right things in camp, it's going to show no matter how you know great game uh, mental you are. But mm -hmm. realistically, you have to do everything right mentally and you have to make sure that you have the perfect headspace. Like we've seen Israel Adesanya hire, you know, breathing coaches and mental coaches yep. and all these things just to kind of fix little, little fine tuning in his mentality, the way that he thinks, the way that he's breathing throughout moments specifically, mm -hmm. right? So super proud of you. Um, I'm super happy to, to see your headspace. And 
can't wait to watch you go to war in November, man. Oh, yeah, trust me, it's something to tune in for. It, it's just the beginning. 2023, I'm telling you, is going to be it's going to be an interesting year. So again, everybody that tuned in or will tune in, in the future, uh, thank you for the support. I will upload this video later on YouTube as well. And make sure that you give Ian a follow on all platforms. It is on Twitter, Juice135MMA, on Instagram, Juice.MMA. And then if you want to look him up on SureDog or on Tapology after this big win. So thank Woo. you all for tuning in. Let's go, Ian. And, Hit the like uh, and subscribe button. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, all that stuff. Smash the bell for notifications. And uh, as always, thanks again, man. I appreciate it.